The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. So I got to ask you, <clears throat> have you uh, been shopping recently? And I have been shopping recently. And now, admittedly, the two of us are in different parts of the state. And the supermarket that I shop in most is on a street with four other supermarkets in less than a mile, uh-huh. um, is, which, which is an important qualifier. Uh, that said, I was greatly disappointed. I mean, greatly disappointed. I get to the grocery store. I mean, mm-hmm. I walk outside my house. I look around like there's no roving street gangs, um, no half-naked children chasing dogs. Um, get in my car. It hasn't been, you know, looted for its gasoline. Uh, drive to the store without having to drive around like any bodies in the street. <sighs> Walk into the grocery store. Uh huh. They had steak. They had no. ice cream. They had toilet paper. They had. I had like I couldn't, but I couldn't find. I absolutely could not find the little uh, tangerine, t- um, little mini orange things. I had oh, to settle for blood oranges. Halos or whatever they are. Yeah, the- I had to settle for blood oranges. I mean, who even eats those? Well, clearly, who eats those? I don't That's know. That's why they're left. Clearly, I mean, they had the people, toilet paper. <laughs> clearly, the people in your area of the state are using some sort of cognitive ability to oh. rationalize that they don't need to clear out the store. Because down here where I am, there's no paper products. There's no meat. There's empty shelves all over. I mean, I was able to buy a shower curtain because there were loads of shower curtain liners. I was able to get one of those, but nobody's looking for that stuff. Well, it is. I mean, literally, this is the worst apocalypse ever. I mean, I've had power the whole time. (laughs) Wasn't, uh, wasn't asked for my papers by like national guard and army to just leave my house. I, I mean, terrible. Well, you haven't you haven't crossed the state border yet, so I'm sure there's going to be checkpoint Charlie somewhere around. But um, yeah, no, I, I I'm just I I I hadn't ventured out. I, I not uh, that I'm sheltering in place for any reason, but I you know like most people, I'm working from home. Uh, I finally decided to head out into the community, and it was just it was like watching Christmas people waiting for spots in parking lots and, and carts overly full of, I, I still think that your problem is you went to the value and discount places. Yeah. I haven't been to my market best. I love my general like mid market. Um, and cause like, even when I went into a whole paycheck, uh, last week, Uh, Or maybe it was the week before they had no paper products and people were being people were both being ridiculous and denying that there was anything to worry about, which I think is a fabulous state of mind. I had to explain to somebody that this isn't uh, this isn't the purge. I don't understand what all this is about. And then I had to turn around and explain the person what the purge was. So 
I, I guess that's my answer right there. Uh, dieting pad? Yeah, that too. Oh, okay. Otherwise known as a movie that I've never seen, but I get the basic premise of. But yeah, there's you know, no... We may have no to watch reading. that movie this week so that we can talk about it on next week's show. Uh, okay, that we may have to look into that. But right now, we do actually have, well, something to talk about. Uh, there is hockey-related stuff to talk about. Um, and there's actually a reasonable variety of it. Uh, where shall we begin? Ah, <laughs> uh, as much as that sounds like fun to start, um... No, not should, we start, should we start with Uncle Lou? Uh, Uncle Lou in possibly, uh, a.k.a. Lou Lamorello, in possibly the most uh, redundant statement of the, se- of the season, says, if Matthew Barzal receives an offer sheet and signs it, the Islanders will match it. Wait, 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 wait. Does I, I know that Lou's been around a while, and I like Lou Lamorello. He's done a fabulous job with the Islanders, but does he not remember the Sebastian Ajo debacle of last season? Does he really not remember expect, or not really care? Does he really expect that somebody's going to submit an offer sheet when prior to Sebastian Ajo receiving an offer sheet from the from the Canadians I don't remember the last time one was actually tendered it had been at least 5 or 6 years thank you and um, now with that fresh in our memories I don't know that it's going to happen again for another 5 or 6 years until hey, somebody like Mark Bergeron comes along and says let's try again uh, look the seal's been broken it, it, it mm-hmm. may well happen I, it, it honestly wouldn't surprise me to see a few more offer sheets. The last one that I remember, I thought, was honestly the Shea Weber one, but I could be wrong there. I thought it was, too. I mean, that was when Philly decided to uh, pony up, uh, what was Everything. it, like six years, six years, $100 million Everything. or something like that. And then Nashville went and matched it. Much to everyone's shock. Oh, yeah. And I then was, they traded was, him like three or four years later. I was overly shocked that Nashville would want to pony up that kind of money for somebody, a, a defenseman who should be a Norris trophy winner, but for some reason still hasn't received one. And at this point, uh, not sure he's going to, um, unfortunately, I think that honestly, and I know that it's slightly, but I think that the way this season was going, I believe he, I honestly believe he was a contender for it. <sighs> As much as anyone was, yeah, I I won't I won't go against that. Um, now, I'm, I'm pretty in, sure that. in the rest of this statement, Lou Lamorello does say that he has no intentions of letting discussions get far enough that uh, Barzell might actually receive an offer letter, which is sensible and optimistic. Mm, uh, and maybe Don Sweeney should take a maybe Don Sweeney should um, pay attention and, and do the same thing with a certain defenseman here. Wait, sign players before they hit free agency? Why would you oh, do such a thing? I, I don't I don't know what I was thinking. I, I I'm sorry. I I clearly was using L and R and 
I know I've got to stop doing that. I, I really have to try. Yeah, I mean, you got a reputation for using that stuff, and you won't be able to hold a job anywhere in most of corporate America. Matthew Barzal, I, yeah, I, Lou Lamorello is not going to let it. He's not going to let Barzal get anywhere close to sniffing free agency. Uh, if he did, I would be. That would require the shock that I supposedly felt when Nashville, you know, matched the offer sheet for Shea Weber. Because clearly, you know, you want to let a player of that caliber get away. I, I don't see it happening. Sorry. I, I, it's nice that Lou's come out and said this, and I'm sure it makes I'm sure it gives Matthew the warm and fuzzies when it comes to his his general manager. But uh, yeah, I don't think he needed to make the statement because I think that's like stating that the sky is blue this morning. Or basically, it's saying I, I, I don't want to be fired for gross incompetence. Well, there's that too. Yeah, <laughs> good call, Lou. Good call. <laughs> Bring in Barry Trotz. Put together a team that makes the playoffs. Uh, one mistake. Let Robin Leonard go. <laughs> still gonna hold out. Still gonna hold your feet to the fire on that one, Lou. Sorry. I think uh, so. I think that might have been. gone before. Um, yeah, Halak was gone before Uncle Lou got there. Uh, yes, I do believe that. Wait a minute. Halak's been here. This is his second year. Yeah. Lamarello took over. Was it when Barry was hired? Was that his, one of his first moves? I'd have to look that one up. I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that one. I might that one might require a little bit of uh, uh, research. I would have to go digging. Uh, not that important, and we can talk about it next week. Um, because yeah, he's uh, Halak's going to be a free agent um, July one. Um, something that's not officially on the board, but we talked about. Um, well, actually, we talked about it. Uh, we'll make it an extension of the contract minutia sure. that. Uh, Sarah Valley uh, brought up. Um, where was the rest of that story? Um, so one of the questions going into this off season or the pause, uh, assuming the rest of the regular season is canceled or they play less than 82 games, <clears throat> how do you deal with uh, the contracts that are uh, that have you know that fine print? Uh, I'll be honest. Stuff like how many games they play or how many goals that they pick up. Uh, Cervelli uses the James Neal uh, Milan Lucic trade um, and the benchmarks of 21 for 21 goals for Neal and nine and 10 or fewer for Lucic um, uh, and their uh, and how they affect a potential third round pick moving. Um but there's there's a lot to that. Yes, that's an important one to those two teams, but to the 16 teams that would make the playoffs if they resume the season and go with the standard playoff format, or you know at least number of rounds and teams. Yeah. Um, what happens if we're still playing on July 2nd? And this is something, like you said, we talked about pre-show and we kind of we, we actually talked about it a bit last week 
Actually, there's a couple. There's another thing that I didn't think about on that yet, but we'll keep going. No, I'm just. My first question is, what do you do? And they're in suspension now, but what do you do? You get to July 1st, July 2nd, and you want to restart the season. You've got players who are no longer under contract to their teams. Uh, if you decide to play the playoffs in August, how do you get upset with, say, Tory Krug? Uh, doesn't have his contract, isn't signed. They decide to finish out the season, go into the playoffs. You don't have Tory back there because he's not under contract. I mean, ding, ding, ding. What are they going to do? Matter. I mean, for that matter, how do you decide the final draft rankings? And what do you do with those players who are drafted? Um, if say June twenty third or twenty fifth, whenever the draft is, they're they're part of your organization. Can you throw them into the Stanley Cup Finals? I mean, literally take someone who's was playing in the OHL final uh, OHL uh, a month and a half ago and say, hey, uh, suit up, kid. Now you're just assuming that they actually have a draft prior to the end of the season. Do you still have Do you still have the draft at the end of June when you haven't finished? Like you said, you haven't finished the season. You haven't established draft rankings, so now you haven't had a draft, or you came up with some kind of formula. Can you? Est- what about like if you don't? I mean, the draft is important, but the draft is also going to be ridiculously hard to move, particularly if the uh, if the um, gathering restrictions are li- are lifted. Because, I mean, that's 200 plus uh, players, young players. There's, what, 20 people from each organization that's usually at the draft? Uh, media from every major, medium, and minor hockey uh outlet and then what three to seven family members plus local fans you're filling pretty much every arena you're you're minimum talking about 15 18,000 people in a building that's 15 to 18,000 rebookings uh for any of the for everyone because some people are going to have to switch days off that they had asked for some people are going to have to switch travel days for, um, for uh, to get to the to the draft. Uh, and what about you know we talk about players not wanting to play in the playoffs uh, because they're no longer under contract because of injury. What about the 18 year old who's feeling great at the uh, at the end of the uh, their junior or college season? They go home and they tear they tear their Achilles uh, they tear their Achilles doing something silly like I don't know tuna fishing which isn't really that dangerous <laughs> or you know they or they break their thumb how is that going to affect their draft rankings a month and a half after the draft is normally supposed to happen I'm 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 still stuck on. You can't even get people into the building because you have to sit down and all of the all of the minutia for 
lack of a better word, all of the all of the scheduling that has to be done prior to a season because the buildings are contracted out for concerts. The buildings are contracted out for, well, it used to be the circus, but uh, say Disney on Ice or, or whatever, you know, the Monster Jam or something like that. All mm-hmm. these things are worked out. Now you've got to turn around and rework the complete schedule just to finish this season. If they want to, if they want to have playoffs in August, uh, the the Joe Schmo concert that had to reschedule from March wants to go on in August. The 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 Kiss show is still scheduled for September whatever in August. It, how you've got to now squeeze it into either venue, either uh, gigs that are already in place or or acts and 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 whatnot that want the same date that you need to have your playoffs so now you're trying to squeeze it all in along with all these other potential uh uh, events that are going on and then you got to do it in a timely fashion so that you can begin the next season and as it states in this article uh, or in an article that I've read, you have mm-hmm. to. You, it, it is almost imperative that you have a full season next year. Oh yeah, if you're going to be introducing another team the year after, uh, or whenever the Seattle Nameless uh, get added to the team, and please not the Kraken, and please not anything else. Silly. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't talked. I literally haven't talked about it in weeks. But I'm sorry. I think even a boring. Uh, dinner fish is kind of lame. Uh, go for something with a little bit of aggression. <clears throat> okay. The Seattle Bull Sharks. I don't think they get up that far north, but hey. That that would be better, although the although their friends in uh, the Bay Area might complain about having a name with sharks in it. But Yeah, the, I don't think it's going to make it. I'm just – you wanted an aggressive fish, so. Hey, well <laughs> – a name with aggression. It doesn't have to be fish, and it doesn't even have to be Seattle, since I can't imagine that anyone would put two NHL teams into the into the state of Washington. Uh, mm, good point there. I. How about Washington Wolverines or anything? Literally anything. If they have if they have Wolverines in Washington, I'm all for it. Or the Washington a, Wolves, or I, I don't being care. Being a Michigan Wolverines fan, I would deal with it anyway. Uh, I just – just bringing it back. I, I, I'm racking my brain trying to figure out how you're going to squeeze all this in and get players uh, under contract. And as you said prior to the show, there's no gap coverage for this in the CBA. Yeah, I mean you might – might, 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 at least on the rebookings end and deprioritizing low money makers um, and inconsistent money makers uh, be covered by like a force majeure uh, clause, at least as far as just outright dropping them without having to pay anything to the the, the person being dropped off the schedule. Uh, that said, <laughs> your name is going to be mud. Um, I mean, some of them will understand. Uh, in Boston, we have uh, Jeremy Jacobs finally deciding to pony up a certain amount of money, maybe. Um, but 
uh, and that took what two three weeks of major media pressure and it appears to only be for the part-time people which is fascinating since i know oh you uh, segued to another story and i missed it <laughs> uh because I know a couple of people who work full-time at the arena, and even the full-time people, when there's no Bruins and no Celtics, uh, tend to have <clears throat> a uh, layoff period mm-hmm. uh, in the summer, um, despite the mm-hmm. fact that there's a good number of concerts and sh- stuff going on. We've, we've known one in particular for quite a while okay. now. Yeah, the better part of, that for sure. Um, uh but he did – he established – Jeremy Jacobs did establish a $1.5 million relief fund, and that's a wonderful thing. But as you said, it's contingent upon the fact that they do not play the last – the remaining six home games of the season. I suspect if you look at the fine terms of it, which I haven't seen um, – They haven't published them as far as I can tell. The people will be expected to work the rescheduled games if they if they restart the season, um, but that's uh, that's just my hunch, um, and uh, I, I can I'm okay with not people not being paid twice to do one job. Um, yeah, this pause of the season is going to hurt people. It's going to hurt the arena district as much as it hurts uh, the arena itself, possibly more. Um, but I, are you, are you aware that if you leave the, all the filters off in cap friendly, there are 767 free agents at the end of the season? I was not aware of that, but, um, does not necessarily surprise me. Now, granted, some of them are names you will probably never see, um, or never see again <laughs> in NHL. Hey, Anthony Kamara is a free agent at the end of this. Is well, he's been a free agent for like three years, as far as I remember. And oh, he didn't receive a qualifying offer from wherever the heck he is. <laughs> I find that shocking. I'm just saying. I, I, I just. I just. Going and I don't want to go on the premise that the, the all 767 are going to get signed, but. Even if you look at the first three or four screens of players, the the higher price talent, uh, you're talking about 200. You, you're talking about what, 50 names per 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 page. Even the top 50, uh, and this is arranged by cap hit, just because I I left all the filters off. Even the top 50 by cap hit. I mean, that's a lot of names, and a lot of these names are are players that are on teams that are either in or close to being into the playoffs. And if you hit that July 1st uh, deadline uh, or whatever you want to call it, uh, you're talking about players that aren't going to be Yarrow Halak, not going to be there. Tory Krug, not going to be there. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, not going to be there. Yep. Uh, and I mean, amidst all the doom and gloom, there is at least some good news in terms of uh, chaos. I like yeah, news. potential chaos with the uh, with rosters and teams uh, and teams makeup for next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NHL and the NHLPA have already agreed that next year's cap will not go down, despite okay. all the lost revenue. Um, 
which uh, which is important because if it goes down, you're going to see a cascading rounds. You're going to see cascading rounds of buyouts and stars and mid-level players getting bought out, shipped, uh, re-signed elsewhere for cheap for one year uh, on like prove me contracts or contracts waiting for uh, the <clears throat> waiting for the CBA or for the new um, no, franchise to come in and the cap to go back up or now, the next time they can revisit the cap is what 2022. Um, it, it's annually it, it's adjusted annually, but you'd also see an exodus of talent to Europe and a lot of that talent might not come back. I mean, Whether, there, there, the there's some inter- league or go ahead. No, I was just going to say there's some interesting notes in here about uh, not just the cap hit, but uh, and this is Spectre's hockey. And i be honest, I'm not as familiar with Spectre's hockey written by somebody named Lyle Richardson. Uh, but one of the comments is, as, as most clubs have played around 70 games, I think the season can be considered legitimate if they were to simply return to action by jumping into the playoffs right away. But it appears they want to avoid that scenario. The pandemic will be the deciding factor. I mean, honestly, the NHL wants to have a full season. The NHL wants to have a champion. Uh, and unfortunately, some of the lower the lower leagues, because their seasons are shorter than the NHL season, have canceled and have canceled regular seasons and playoffs. The ECHL. Mm-hmm. The USHL, um, I'm trying to remember what was the other one, the WHL. I remember seeing three of the leagues, and they've completely shut down season over, no champion, no playoffs. I know if I were playing in that type of situation, and I understand that globally we've got corona hanging over us, but it would feel like just – a waste of 70 games or 60 games or however many they played to not have some sort of final, you know, determination, you know, what team was the best or what team was the best at that particular point in time or, you know, to just completely shut down and have nothing come of it is just, I would feel cheated if I were a player. I wasn't given the opportunity to at least, try to be a winner, you know, unless my team was so bad that we weren't going to make the playoffs. I'm, you know, I could recognize that, but it just, the NHL wants to get this done and I understand it. Uh, They would love to have a season. I just think that pushing it back to a point where it's going to affect next season is, uh, is troubling, I guess. I, I can't think of a better word. I and we talked about it last week or maybe it was the week before. I don't know how long or how you can compress the rest of the season enough not to injure too many players and get back on track for the playoffs to start no more than a week later than normal. I honestly uh, I don't because, know because we're it's the 22nd. We were talking about them potentially 
from what I was hearing before when the pause started and when all of the uh, concern came to this level, um, we were people were talking about this running through the end of the month. At this point, it's clearly going beyond the end of the month. It has. I mean, New York and California, where six of the uh, NHL's 31 teams are based, uh, and add in, I believe, New Jersey, uh, have the shelter-in-place orders. Um, <laughs> Going to be hard to play without seven teams. There is one other comment in here that kind of jumps out at me, and it comes from stlouistoday.com. Uh, the St. Louis, the stoppage of play due to coronavirus pandemic could cost the St. Louis Blues millions of dollars. They've actually quantified it. The fan cost experience, fan cost index for the Blues is $374.57 per game. Yep. Estimating capacity crowds for their final six home games, the Blues could lose around $10.2 million. Yeah, that's, it's a lot of money, which I think is, Part of why the the Players Association and the league jumped out and said, yeah, the cap isn't going down next year. Um, I think that it was probably the sanest move for both sides to just agree that that was going to happen and hope to make it up next year, regardless of what happens with the rest of the regular season and the playoffs this year. Um, even if it leads to a little bit of uh, stagnation in the cap uh, for two or three years, which I don't expect it to unless unless this runs into October. Uh, and I don't I don't see that happening one way or the other. The recovery rates uh, in other parts of the world are starting to climb and the worst is happening for the people who aren't going to recover. Mm hmm. I mean, the, the specters known on this, uh, wh- whoever's writing it uh, or Lyle. however it works, Lyle, it says if they do resume the season sometime between May to August, they won't recoup most of the losses with millions of North Americans being hit hard financially by this pandemic. The league's revenue streams will be adversely affected. They could maintain next season's cap at $81.5 million, but if the economy sinks into a deep recession through next season – the league will feel it at the box office, impacting the salary cap going forward. So while I'm I, I'm great, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really good that they're not going to lower the cap next year. This is having outreaching effects to beyond next season. This oh, is absolutely. I mean, I think, we're talking I about think, two, three seasons out. We could be down under 80 million if, if there's a recession and how long it takes to get the economy sparked and going again. I think that they have a two year buffer. Um, honestly, with the uh, with Seattle coming into the league, I think that, that automatically will get a one year bounce if the team is in any way interesting. It doesn't even have to be great. It just has to be interesting. Stay in the middle of the pack. Um, I mean, obviously, if it makes the playoffs like see, like uh, Vegas did, and I don't envy, I don't envy them that at all. They've got big shoes to fill <laughs> with what uh, Las Vegas did. <laughs> That's yeah. That, there's no way I would want to follow in those footsteps. I mean, it's a great challenge, 
Uh, but even if you go in there as even if you go in there and you have a your you know say you have the same sort of shift that uh, Nola Chari did in production from Boston to <laughs> to Florida. Yet another of the uh, un, 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 unsolvable mysteries of the NHL. Um, say you have that kind of season and three or four other guys do, but eight of the other guys, eight of your eight of your other players stayed exactly the same as what they had when they were picked up in the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. You're not hitting the playoffs. <laughs> Probably You're not. not. You're just not. You might be interesting. I mean, admittedly, the West is soft, 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 soft. But um, no. No, it's not soft. It's competitive. Uh, (laughs) Competitive with the ECHL, yes. I I agree there. (laughs) I'm reasonably certain that most of the AHL teams from the Eastern Conference could beat most of the NHL's Western Conference teams. Just because everybody in the Western Conference has a shot at making the playoffs except for the three California teams. Yes, that's exactly what I'm pointing out. It's not fair to call them soft. <laughs> okay, again, tried to do it with a straight face, couldn't do it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I I agree. And I do believe that Seattle does provide that bounce. But if, perchance, this does extend beyond a season or two, yeah, you could see, so I, you could see some – some fallback to a, a, a 79 or a $78 million cap. I don't know that it's going to happen, but, and I really hope it doesn't. Uh, we had both talked uh, during the week about some of the uh, college, uh, the college free agent signings and college players joining their NHL uh, clubs. Finally, um, there, you have a couple stories. I don't. I don't know. It's not so much joining the, the, the Jeremy Swayman, uh, the draft pick from 2017. Played. He's from Alaska. Played at the University of Maine. Uh, he's going to skip his senior senior season. He has signed his his entry level deal with the Bruins, which gives them another uh, another competitive. Uh, notch in the goaltending belt because I don't know about you, but I'm not expecting that Halak's going to stick around. I think he's going to want to explore and see if he can get himself a, a starting gig somewhere. And even if not, I mean, having Jeremy Swayman in the fold, you've got Dan Bladar down in, in Providence already. And some of the numbers that the, the goaltenders are putting up, Jeremy, I mean, Jeremy Swayman, in this season with with Maine had uh, it, he had some kind of ridiculous uh, 930 something save percent save percentage uh, oh I'm sorry here it is second in division one with a 930 set, 939 save percentage um, 2.07 goals against uh, yeah this kid is um, and to finish in his career, he finished with a 927 
and it ranked second behind Jimmy Howard, who had a 931 in 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 Maine's history. His, he's fifth in the he's fifth uh, all time there with a 2.51 goals again. I mean, this kid is is looks like he could potentially be the real thing. Uh, obviously, the, con- the the competition steps up with each level that you progress, but uh, even Bladar down in 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 Providence is having a really good season. Uh, I mean, in 25 games, he has sub two goals against average. Uh, 1.79 and a 9.36 save percentage. So it's going to be interesting next year to see the kind of competition that goes on for who's going to be the backup. And the other signing was uh, not somebody they drafted. Uh, he's a 23-year-old. He's the captain of Uni- University of Minnesota Duluth. He's hey, been invited. I really like. He's been invited to development camp twice. Uh. I know that they invite you once. It's to get a look. They invite you back a second time. There's got to be some interest there. Uh, his name is Nick Wolf. He is a defensive defenseman. Think Brandon Carlo uh, in more probably ways than meaner. one. Uh, yeah, probably meaner, but size-wise, I mean, again, six foot five, two hundred twenty-nine pounds. Uh, not going to amaze you with his offensive stats. But still a solid passer from uh, the games that I've seen and the development camp time. He uh, he can he can hold his own in a scrap. There's not much video of him, uh, but one of the videos I did see uh, was him uh, getting into a nice little fight uh, in which he was more than capable of holding his own. He's oh, a big geez. boy. He's a big, strong boy, yeah. and it's he's. If you like physical hockey, um, he's going to fit in here in Boston. Let's put it that way. <laughs> if he makes the squad, he will fit in because he is that physical specimen. Uh, I know that Boston fans like their players to be physical, to make the make the hit when it's necessary, finish your checks. This kid is going to do all that. Um. <laughs> If he, I suspect he'll start the season in the AHL unless there's a lot of Bruins ter- blue line turnover this year. Um, if he does make time to go there, like make time to hit a Providence Bruins game. Um, I, did, I did not see him this past because I didn't go to development camp, but two years ago I did see him. And, and yeah, I do believe he was one of the few that I did like uh, what I saw on the ice. He stood out. It's yes. hot. In some development camps, some players don't really stand out except uh, here and there, you know, a little bit better shot, a little bit faster. He's got good speed, particularly for a guy his side. He's got good agility. Um, he's he's a loaded truck hitting a uh, hitting, you know, a finish line tape uh, when it comes to some of the smaller players. It's and that's with the toned down uh, development camp environment, even in even watching him uh, in college. It, it's a pleasure. <laughs> I know you're not a huge fan of plus minus, but it's a stat that most hockey fans will recognize. But in four years at Minnesota Duluth, uh, never been a minus player. 
Uh, we're talking four years, and he's uh, 31. He's a plus 40, plus 41 in four seasons at Minnesota Duluth. Uh, last two years as captain and as an and and alternate captain, he's a he was a plus eighteen and a plus nineteen. Uh, he's a he's a big boy, defensive defenseman. Only had ten assists this season, no goals in thirty three games. Last year as a junior in forty two games, he had five goals and thirteen assists. He can put the puck in the net. It's just not his number one priority, or it doesn't appear to be, I should say. Like I said, think Brandon Carlo. Carlo puts the puck in the net, but not at any kind of alarming rate. It, it's not his first. It's not his first focus. He's a truly defensive defenseman. Yeah, and if you think uh, about you think about the size of the defenseman the Bruins have. I mean, I know that we're not sure we're going to see Wiley Sherman in a Bruins uniform. I'd like to, but he's another boy. What's he six 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 seven? Yeah, he's. And he's got he's got enormous reach. Uh, the size of some of the defensemen in, in the Bruins system is nice to see, and and you would hope that they that all of it could pan out and be playing for the Bruins. And they're guys who can actually skate and play. Yes. And not exactly not exactly going to um, uh, cupcake universities either. I mean, Wiley Sherman was at Harvard. Obviously, Minnesota, Duluth, UMaine. Uh, they finished. UMaine finished four spots above. They finished fourth in Hockey East. Mm-hmm. And that's that's actually four spots higher than they were projected to finish at the beginning of the season. And a lot of it is due to the to the goaltending play of Jeremy Swayman. Yeah, they had not been good for a couple of years, even with Swayman having turning in solid numbers. They just didn't. In a lot of ways, they were they were the uh, Arizona Coyotes of hockey uh, of the, of hockey East. I remember they had a him. solid defense, goaltending, but just not enough offense. His first his first development camp when he was after he was drafted, he was uh, he stood out. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I liked the, the high school kid that they had invited, but Jeremy Swayman was a uh, he stood out. And it's nice to see that there's some good young goaltending in 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 the Bruins system. So yeah, that's especially the, given the <clears throat> age of some of the other players in the system. Yeah, uh, it just means unfortunately that Max Legacy, uh, former goaltender for Las Vegas, is probably not going to get himself. Resigned. Uh, Kyle Kaiser had is struggling uh, in Providence, or was until the the pause uh, cancellation. Uh, the AHL, and that's the other thing, the AHL has not canceled their season as of yet either. They're still on pause, like the NHL. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with those. I. I wonder if they're even going to come up with the same solution. Um, I mean, a decent number of the NHL teams outright own the AHL franchise. Um, so, but several of them do not. And I think that's why they both making the same non-announcement of cancellation at this point. Um, speaking of non-cancellations, there is, uh, 
There's some uh, international hockey news uh, about that. International. Uh, international. Um, the 2020 player development camps, uh, most of them were, yeah, not going to are not going to be taking place. Um, but the uh, tentatively speaking, um, the uh, boys select 16 and 17 national camps and girls under 18 selection national camp uh, are, will be reviewed daily and invitations to those camps, if they're ultimately held, will come from USA Hockey's national office with input from uh, USA Hockey coaches, scouts, district player development representatives, and other personnel. Um, so there is some some hope that uh, immediate youth uh, development is going to continue to take place. Um, I hope for all these young players uh, that they get to end their uh, their young hockey careers, if this is where it ends for them, on a high note, going out with some disease that's really not threatening them as individuals. It's got to be terrible. Like, between not seeing your friends, the lack of physical activity in general, um, yeah, it's it's got to be really, really rough. Agreed. I... A to I know that the focus is on everybody being healthy and everybody being safe, and it's nice to see that on here they're actually still tentatively set dates, so it's not a complete washout. The boys select 17 national camp tentatively tentatively set for June 24th to July 1st. Uh, the boys select 16 camp is tentatively set for July 7th to the 13th. It's nice that they still have, they haven't completely shut down everything, but for those that it has been shut down. Yeah. That, that's a tough thing to deal with. Um, Central scouting may well turn to a technology that many of us have become more familiar with over the last couple of weeks, uh, and we'll probably learn to loathe, uh, if it's our first time using it, oh, before the summer is over, um, they're going to start using video conferencing for the first time in their nearly, in their, uh, 40 plus years, um, to help produce the final rankings, um, they normally have annual meetings to determine the top American skaters and goalies for the 2020 draft. Um, and they usually happen in the Toronto headquarters with all of the COVID-19 stuff going on. Not going to happen. Um, uh, just not going to have physical activities. We're talking hundreds of hundreds of scouts and GMs and uh, and coaches and whoever else is involved Wait. in the process. So they're going to make their determinations the same way I would make a determination. They're going to watch video on YouTube. I think this is more the arguing point uh, oh, versus okay. the uh, versus pure YouTube. Um, most of that scouting is done with no games being played at the moment. Um, although the Memorial Cup has not been canceled yet either, as far as I know. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really, really curious as to, uh, how they're going to do it. If they're going to break down, uh, if they're going to break it down because bandwidth with a hundred plus 
videos going on is going to be an issue. Uh, As it says here, the opportunity to focus scouting on players of interest based on a club's potential draft position has been lost. In particular, the cancellation of the IAHF World Under-18 Championship eliminated the chance of many NHL general managers being able to live scout some of the top prospects in the world. Yep. Um, So, yeah, you're not going to see the evaluations on players uh, with as much head-to-head competition as we we normally see. And, and I know that you've been actively engaged in, in trying to find out what's going on with uh, future considerations. Uh, what do you think the chances are that we'll actually see draft guides? <laughs> I think we're going to see draft guides, but I think we're going to see the most tentative language we've ever seen in them. And I also anticipate you mean a vague, this guy can skate, this guy can shoot. You mean vague. Uh, as far as hard evaluations, like. I think that we're not going to see as many definite top two pairing defensemen or absolutely top line winger or things like that. I think we're going to see a lot more can can play can contribute significantly to an NHL uh, to an NHL team mm-hmm. language like that. I much agree. Mushier. And the other thing we're going to see, I'm almost certain if the draft is held as normal without uh, with so many of the junior leagues and uh, both in North America and around the world having canceled their seasons, I think we're going to see a lot more trades at, at the draft. Like we could see got play teams moving up and down uh, a couple of times uh, in a, in a, in a round because no one's really going to know aside from the top five, eight players, yeah, I'm going, sure you can find a lot of information on Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, hello, going to go first overall. Stops, you know. <laughs> yeah. What, you know, do you do you focus your energies on looking at? It, they stuck this quote right in the middle of the article, and it's all by itself. And it's just a quick one-liner. Our intent is to be able to produce our 2020 final ranking by mid-April. Unquote. Do we still believe that that's possible at this stage where it's March 22nd? Yeah. I mean, there's not any new data coming in to to work with. So they have to make decisions based on what they have. Do I I think these are going to be great rankings? No. I think that this is this five years from now when we look back at this draft, there's going to be like, three, four players 400 games into their career who came out of the fourth or fifth round because they developed late in the year and no one noticed. My thought, and I, I actually, that was my thoughts as well, is this this particular draft, based on the fact that they're not – seasons aren't being completed and and scouting can't be done to the nth degree that it usually is. This draft is going to have a lot of, uh, you know, you look at a draft like 2003 and okay, a seventh rounder is uh, one of the, uh, a seventh rounder is the top backup in the NHL or 
whatever the case may be, you're going to see a lot more. My thought was you're going to see a lot more mid-round players who are having success that you would normally expect from a first or a second rounder. And you're going to see a lot more blown first round picks. There are going to be there are going to be misses and there are going to be first and uh, second rounders. Yeah. Uh, that said, I think if I were an owner or like a president, I would completely ignore this draft uh, as far as evaluating the draft. Um, the, the draft team, the scouts, the GM, because there's there's so much uncertainty. Like the players, the players who are home right now, a month early, two months early, some of them have the ability to keep working out uh, at home without having to work, without having to use uh, club facilities or anything like that. Some of them don't. And some of them are going to come out of this in much better shape uh, than others. And that's going to carry over into their development camps when they finally get to when they finally get drafted um, or into their next season um, in juniors or or college or wherever. Uh, I think it's for those players who have that ability to stay fit. You know, they have one of those uh, simulated ice treadmill uh skating machines Mm -hmm. and who can take advantage of it this is your time go prove it literally go prove it um every one of them should be able to work on their shot uh and that maybe they're passing but uh yeah uh for those who can work on their skating as well now's the time literally now's the time and start flooding Start flooding social media with your uh, improved skating if you know that that's a concern scouts and clubs and teams are going to have about you. Absolutely. Um, you had another story on here, uh, courtesy of our <laughs> buddy. As I, as I said, as, as I said pre-show, not really. A, I I called it a shameless plug and. Uh, one of uh, one of the writers for ESPN, and we know uh, we know the name, Greg Wyszynski. He's given us the game. He's given us the 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 game plan for how to handle your hockey week for a week when there's no hockey. And the reason I put it up here, not so much that it's a story, but I. I'm going to put the link in our description, uh, and I don't normally do it, but I'm going to put the link in our description because it's an entertaining read. He basically goes through and describes what to do during the week when there's nothing to watch as far as live hockey. And he starts out with, like, on Monday, uh, for an example, uh, you should all watch the movie Goon. came out in 2011. Uh, you should read the book The Game by Ken Dryden. And if you want to watch any actual hockey games, the game you should be watching is the Pittsburgh Penguins at Philadelphia Flyers Game 3 of the 2012 Stanley Cup quarterfinals. It was one of the most chaotic – his description, one of the most chaotic series of the past decade, and this was perhaps the most chaotic game of that series. 12 goals, 148 penalty minutes. The full game is on YouTube. And he goes through every day of the week, Monday through Saturday, what to do, how to do it. It's a funny read. He's not being serious. I enjoyed it, and that's why I wanted. That's why I just wanted to throw out the shameless plug to, to the article because it's a it's a funny, it's a good read, it's entertaining, lighthearted. 
I liked it uh, from my chance to skim it. I'll sit down and read it uh, once we're done putting the show together. Um, I think that only leaves one last thing on the uh, show board for the day. I believe it does. And honestly, this gives me, me, the least optimistic realist on the planet, um, hope that maybe, just maybe, there's enough humor left in the world for everyone to get through this uh, in the best shape possible. Wait, but this isn't a hockey story. (laughs) It is a non-hockey story, and I feel fine about that. Um, uh, so do the people that are focused on the focus of this story. Uh, REM's It's the End of the World uh, song featured uh, in a couple of dozen movies since 1987 when it was released has re-entered, uh, what, 30, nearly 30? 87 to 17, 33 years later. 33 years after it was released, it has re-entered a top 100 uh for plays um it's in the top 100 for itunes plays right now it's a really fun song i have probably listened to it like eight times uh in the last two or three weeks and i don't own the album um for whatever reason the rest of their music i never fell in love with but uh i thought i found it hilarious i hope that uh everyone gets a chance to listen to something funny this week um, if you have a music playlist that you think is a little bit goofy, a little bit fun, please share it with us. Um, you can do it on our Facebook, uh, pages. Um, you can do it on Twitter. Uh, I am responding to messages. I do check once in a, once in a while, but given how, given my load of politics and, uh, political <clears throat> discourse as we know it, <laughs> Um, I don't, uh, I don't comment much on, on Twitter when, uh, when there's not hockey being played, but I'm around. Uh, I will say that the song currently sits based on this story at number 65 on the charts. It's ahead of such art, such artists as Sam Smith and Lizzo and Lady Gaga. Wait, how could it possibly be ahead of Lizzo? I mean, well, I, I test says that she's a goddess. I I can't. I I it would be an uninformed statement for me to say anything because I've never listened to a Lizzo song. I'm sorry. In fact, I didn't know who Lizzo was. Oh, you should remedy that immediately. She's why simply amazing. Simply amazing. It will make you appreciate music even more. You remember that I have no idea what sarcasm is, right? I've been asking for years. Okay. Uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, stay healthy. Um, stay as active as you can. Um, and just try and have fun uh, until there's hockey again. We'll be here. Uh, we will be here. Yes, we will. Uh, everybody stay healthy. Uh, don't forget to wash your hands. It's the end of the show and I feel fine. <laughs> and that's all. <laughs>